45 uh, tonight. We're going to read just a few verses together. Actually, the whole chapter, verses 1 through 21. It's not a long chapter, and I uh, want to look at this. Church family, he put on the screen for me tonight our theme for 2021, and that's, a good, again, God is greater. Um, you know, I think in the day that we live, we all know that the Lord's greater, and he's greater than man. He's greater than our circumstance. He's greater than our finances. He's greater than everything. In Psalm 145, um, David makes the statement in verse number three, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I want to talk to you for just a few moments on that thought tonight. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And it's interesting in Psalm 145, he tells why we should praise the Lord and uh, why he is the great God that he is. And I want to kind of just look at that tonight. I don't expect to be a long time, but I want you to see it. It's very spelled out in the passage here uh, as the psalmist wrote. And I want you to look at that with me tonight. So let's look at Psalm 145. And uh, we'll look at verse number one. Uh, look, look, look at verse number three. Let's read our text first and then we'll pray. Verse three says this, Psalm 145, verse three. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Could you read it with me since it's one verse? Let's just read it together. Ready out loud? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. That's the God that we serve. It's interesting when you say the word unsearchable, it means you can't find out. You know, God is so great, there's no way to find out how great he is. And we don't really ponder it because we, we stay in our own little world as far as us and we, things that can be seen, uh, that we can take through with logic. But church family, God's un, unexplainable and unsearchable. And that's the kind of God we serve. And if we didn't serve that kind of God, we wouldn't have much of a God. And so this morning, this evening, I mean, I want to talk to you on great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's pray together. Our Father, again, I want to stop and say thank you again for letting us be in church. Would you now please use the message tonight? Lord, I, how do I, I don't know how. What, what are we supposed to say about you? You are great. Father, beyond our expectation, beyond our speech, Father, there's nothing I could say that could describe how great you are. Thank you that one day we will see what's unsearchable, what's unexplainable. Lord, when we're in, with you, in heaven with you, I just ask that tonight, Lord, that we would all think and dwell upon you and think about how good as well as how great you are for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, I want to go ahead and show you the message tonight, and then I want to talk to you for just a little bit as the Lord will allow tonight. Uh, David here is speaking in Psalm 145, and it's called a, a psalm of praise. In fact, let me show you a couple of things first, if you don't mind. He uses the word I will several times. In verse chapter 145, verse number 1, um, he says, I will extol thee, o, uh, extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever. Uh, Church family, I feel implored to go ahead and show you the points tonight, if you don't mind. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm backtracking. I'm, I'm going to stop and just show you. Look at verse number 9. Look at the first phrase. <clears throat> Again, David is trying to say how great God is. Here is why he's so great. First phrase, verse number 9. The Lord is good to all. First phrase, verse number 14. The Lord upholdeth all. First phrase, verse number 18. The Lord is nigh unto all. And the first phrase in verse number 20 the Lord preserveth all. That's the message tonight. I want to deal with that for just a little bit. I feel like it, since it's so spelled out in Scripture, we might as well just point them out before we get started tonight. But in verse number 9, 14, 18, and 20, David is writing this psalm, and he's saying, I want to tell you why God is so great and how, why he's so great to us. And in fact, in this passage alone in Psalm, uh, psalm 145, he used the word all 14 times. And so David is speaking on his own, and yet David is speaking on the behalf of others. And, and really, David is speaking uh, almost like for others in the sense that he says, this is what generations to come are going to say about our God. Alrighty? And so we do serve a great God. And, and I want to tell you, uh, there are churches that they get wrapped up in their program instead of getting wrapped up in their person. 
And what makes uh, church a great thing is because we've got a great God. What makes life a great thing is because we've got a great God. What makes having a family, a Christian family, uh, great is that we have a great God. And so this tonight, think about what David is saying here when he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now, again, I want to point out some other things if you don't mind. Now, look at verse number 145, verse number 1. I want to show you all the things that David said, I'm going to do because I've got a great God. By the way, these are the same things that we should do. So as we look at them, this is what we're supposed to do. The first thing he says in verse number 1, he says, I will extol thee, my God. Now, he's going to use several different types, if I can say uh, descriptive words, adjective possibly, but he uses these descriptive words. Uh, or maybe they're considered action words, I will extol. He's, he's saying in this idea of extol, it's to be actively uh, to raise up. In other words, uh, it's the idea of looking up. It's the idea of, of putting God on, on a higher plane than what we are. God is on a higher plane. He created us, okay? So he says, I will extol thee, my God. Next one he says in verse number one, I will bless thy name forever. Verse number two, every day will I bless thee. Now, just from that word uh, bless, it means to kneel or to adore. It means to, uh, to, to, again, we talk about God, would you please bless us? Would you show kindness to us? Uh, God, we're, we're supposed to bless God. We ask God for God, God's blessings, but we're supposed to bless God. God, thank you. Thank you for what you do for us. Blessed be your name. All right, again, thinking about the praise of God. Look at the next thing he says in verse number two and three. He says, every day will I bless thee and I will praise, again the word I will, I will praise thy name forever and ever. And again he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In verse number five, he says, I will speak of the glorious honor of the, of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. In verse number six, he says, and men shall speak of the might of the might of thy terrible acts and I will, here it is again, I will declare thy greatness. Right, I mean, think, uh, David here, let me, let me read one more if you don't. Look at the last verse. He, he sums it all up again. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So this Psalm 145, David says, I will extol, I will bless, I will praise, I will speak, I will declare. David is saying, hey, listen, we've got a great God. We ought to talk about him. We ought to talk to him about him and we ought to talk to others about him about praising God you know our uh, our kids if we're not careful we have programmed them in Christianity but we have not really shown them Christianity and we don't we got to be careful that we don't do that we get into and, and the reason we, we have a tendency to program and, and don't get me wrong I don't think this is wrong but we have a tendency to program that because every meal we pray over the food um, every su Sunday we come to church. There are certain things that we do that we would say are programmable or habitual. But can I tell you something? God is not a program. God's not just something we do. He's somebody we love. He's somebody that we talk to. He's somebody that we, we seek and somebody that we care about. And so again, uh, tonight, may we catch this idea of great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now, tonight, I want to look at these four things. And again, I'll, I'll probably be brief tonight. But I want you to think about what David was trying to say in this psalm about why God is so great. Why God, God is a great God. And there's no way that it can be described because he said in verse number three, and his greatness is unsearchable. In other words, you can't find it out. There's no way to explain how great God is. But, it, but God, God, on, as far as the pages of scripture, David mentions these four things about why God is so great. All right. So with these four, let's go ahead and look at, look at them tonight. Here's the first one. 
He says in verse number, uh, verse number 9, he says, The Lord is good to all. And I want to back up because really verses 4 through 13 go together. I'll read just a few of these verses. He says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Verse 5, I will speak of thy glorious honor, of thy majesty, and thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of, the might of, of thy might, of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. It's interesting as far as David's description. He, a lot of it's in verse number 8. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. But in verse number 9, he says, The Lord is good to all. Now, church, I mean, can, can I, let's just stop for just a moment here. When he uses the word all, now again, I told you it was mentioned 14 times in this, in this chapter. But when he mentions the all, he, he's talking about everybody in all areas of life. It doesn't matter if you, what country you're from, what nationality you are. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, a man or a woman, rich or poor, educated, uneducated. God's including everybody, lost or saved. God said he's good. To, the, a lost person does not even think about how God is good to him. Right? I think it's the New Testament. He says God reigns upon the just and the unjust. You know, God is good to us, and not only as Christians is he good to, he's good to the lost world he's good to, all right? So he says in this passage here, he says, we have a great God. I want to tell you why he's great, because he's good to all. He's good to every person alive. He mentions two things here in verse number 9 and 10. He says in verse number 9, he says, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. In verse 10, all thy works shall praise thee. Now, Church, I mean, the, the works there is his creation. I mean, when you talk about his works praising God, it's people, all right? So can, can I just get you to understand that every person, every part of God's creation praises God. Not only that, look at, uh, again, I'm pointing these things out quickly, but in verse number four, he says, one generation shall praise thy works. Look down in verse number 13. Verse 13, it says, thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endure throughout all generations. In other words, God's good to every person, but he's good to every person throughout all time. He said every generation or all generations. That means 15 generations ago, and if he tarries his coming 15 generations in the future, God will be good to all. Why do we serve a great God? Because he's good. And he's not just good to the preacher. Or he's not just good to a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. He's good to all. He's not just good to somebody who's been saved 15 years. Uh, he's, good, he's good to a person who's been saved one year. He is good to all. You know, sometimes we have a tendency because of the circumstances of life that we fail to see or to recognize and to praise God for his goodness. We think, well, God's not been good to me. No, God's good to all. Your definition of what God being good to you in your, in your eyesight, you say, well, God's not good to me. It's because you're looking at your circumstance. You're not looking at the God of heaven on that he's good to us. And he's good to all. We don't see the entire picture. We don't see the beginning from the end. We don't see what God's doing in preparation for the future of our life. And those things that seem to be bad are good. Because you know why? Because God said God is good to all. And we go back to the reason we ought to praise him and glorify him is because God is good. I like what the scripture says about God and his description. Of course, there's lots of description in this passage. And verse number eight says he's great. Verse number eight, he's gracious. Verse number eight, he's full of compassion. Verse number eight, slow to anger. Verse number eight and nine, he's merciful. Verse 17, he's righteous. Verse number 17, he's holy. David mentions all these things about how great God is. But I want to tell you, I like what Romans says about him. For there is no respect of persons with God. Hey, I want to tell you, 
I'm thankful that I don't have to compare myself with somebody else because I know for a fact God can't be a respecter of persons. And he's not going to do for somebody else that he's not going to do for me, but God knows what me needs. So God is good to all. And what makes him great is because he's good to all, not a respecter of persons, and he will be good to you as he is to everybody else. Oh, let me go ahead and point to this next one out. The first one I see is that God is good to all. The second one is verse number 14. All right? verse, actually, verse 14 through 17 go together. But verse 14 says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Now, I want you to think about verse number 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The word upholdeth means to take hold of, means to bear up, to sustain. All right? Um, let me see if I can help. Riley, can you help me for a second here if you don't mind? <clears throat> now, in verse number, what did I say? Is it verse 14? Is that what I told you? The Lord upholdeth all, in the first phrase, Who's the, who's the person he's upholding? What's the rest of that first phrase? Who's the person? The person that what? That falls. All right, can you fall? All right, he falls. Okay. The Bible says he upholdeth the person who falls. All right. Now, second phrase, verse number 14. Who's the other type of person that the Lord upholds? All right. Now, there's a difference between falling down and being bowed down. I, I don't know if you, hopefully, I, I would ask you, do you understand? I think you do. This is, no, no, don't fall, don't fall. This is bowed down. So in other words, the Lord helps the person who falls. He upholdeth. He, the uphold, he, he sets you back up. And the person who's bowed down, he gets you straightened up. So there's two types of people in this particular verse that God says. And you know what? That's why he's a great God. Now, can, watch me tonight. There's some of you, fall down. There's some of you that have fallen down, and you're in church tonight because you have a great God. You know why you've got a great God? Because this is what he did for you. That's a great God. All right? And by the way, I would say the majority of us in here have had our times of falling down because the Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse number 16, for a just man falleth how many times? I was thinking, sorry about that, all right? I was had a brain freeze. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. All of us have tendencies in our life that we fall down. Aren't you glad there's a God in heaven that lifts us up? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You know why you ought to praise him? You ought to praise him because he's good to all. You know why you ought to praise him? Because he upholds those who fall down and he straightens those who are bent over. Those who are about to fall. Those who have, they're about to mess things up. God straightens you back up. So you don't fall. So there's some that times you do fall, and there's other times you're about to fall. But in both cases, the reason we got a great God, He helps us stand right up. He helps straighten us up. All right, thank you so much. Appreciate your help. So <clears throat> David is writing about this. David knew this firsthand. David messed up with Bathsheba. David numbered the people, and 70,000 people were killed. There were times in David's life. David cut Saul's skirt, and that was a time that he was bent over, maybe spiritually speaking, but didn't fall. And the Lord helped him get back up. Hey, listen, don't touch my anointed. There's things that we do, but that's what makes God great, God great to us as far as he's a merciful God. He said, he, he, when we fall and we mess up, he doesn't say, okay, you got what you deserve. Sit there for a while. No, God is there with a hand outstretched. Did you notice in verse number 14 or 15, the eyes of, of, all, the eyes of all wait upon thee. 
and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfied desire of every living thing. God is there for us. You know, again, I didn't do an exhaustive study, just the book of Proverbs, but, you know, the Bible says what causes a person to fall. And I know that was written to the young person, but it's surely to all of us. The Bible says foolishness and wickedness and a person who gets no counsel and a person who trusts in riches, a person who's got pride in their life or immorality, a person who tries to get others to fall, a person who's got a hard heart. I know there's more other, other ways in Scripture, but there's reasons we fall. And God says, I don't want you to stay down. I want you to get back up. And as a Christian, God wants us to go forward. He doesn't want us to stay put. And so what does the Lord do? He reaches his hand out. He helps satisfy us. He helps us with our desires. And he picks us back up. We've got a great God. And he's greatly to be praised. And we ought to praise him because he's good, but we ought to praise him because he helps us up. Look what he says next. David, again, in this passage, verse number um, 18. Now, verse 18 is kind of different because it's got a stipulation to it. In verse 18, he says, The Lord is nigh unto all them that what? Call upon him. He says, the Lord is nigh unto all them. He says, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth. All right, verse number 19. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Now, church, I mean, this one has a stipulation to it. And we understand the New Testament stipulation uh, in James chapter four and verse number eight. All right, you finish the verse. Dry not, or the first, just the phrase. Draw nigh to God and he will... Okay, now think about what he says here. The Lord is nigh unto all them that what? Call upon him. All right, so we have, he, now again, kind of a prerequisite. God is not going to force his way into your life. How many times do we talk about having a walk with God? Why? Because, Revelation 3, verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and what? Okay, so does God open the door or do you open the door? Okay, so when God says, I would be glad to be nigh, I would be glad to spend time with you, but you've got to make some effort to know you want me there. He says, you've got to call unto me. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. So we understand that if I make the effort, God's going to make the effort. God's not hiding somewhere. And, you know, sometimes we, we seem oblivious to what God's will is. But truthfully, a lot of times we're oblivious to what God's will is because we're not asking what God's will is. So why do we have a great God? Well, we got a great God because he's good to all. we got a great God because he upholdeth all. we got a great God because he's nigh unto all. And I hope that you want to be part of the all that God's nigh unto. Tonight, you came to church tonight. What is that a part of? You come to church because you want to hear from the Lord. You want the Lord to speak to you. Can I tell you something? God promises that if you call unto him, he'll be nigh unto you, all right? So again, that's what makes God great to us, all. I like, again, that word all reminds me again, young or old, man or woman, rich or poor, uneducated, educated. God wants to be close to every one of us. Look at one more now, look at verse number 20. <clears throat> David is again praising God for how great he is, and he, here's why, verse number 20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. All right? Now, we're church family, the word preserve it there means to hedge about or to protect. I don't, you and I do, will not know until we get to heaven how many times the Lord's protected you from harm. Nor will you know how many times the Lord has protected you from sin. What do we pray in the motto prayer? All right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you pray that on a regular basis, I promise you that the Lord has answered that prayer more than you know. And you know why he does that? Because he preserveth all. 
And what does the word preserve means? It means to hedge about, means to guard, means to protect. That's what the Lord does for us. We serve a great God. And I know that sometimes we don't actually see what God has done in his protection. I've heard people tell stories before they were driving down the road and a car in front of them had gotten an accident. And if they would have left just a minute or two earlier, that could have been their accident. Okay, it's nice to see sometimes those kind of things. But I want to tell you, there's a host of things. You know, way some of you drive your guardian angels on full-time duty, all right? <laughs> we talk about how the Lord has protected us. We've got a great God. Why do we have a great God? Because he preserves us. But again, this one has a stipulation. Who's the type of person God's going to preserve? Those that what? Love him. How, how do we know you love God? Well, it's really simple. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. 1 John 5, verse number 3. For this is the love of God, that ye keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. So God says, hey, listen, if you love me, I'll protect you. How do I show my love? Him? I follow his commandments. I obey his word. That's how... God says, okay, you've, you showed that me love me, then I'm going to protect you. Look at the rest of that verse now quickly, verse number 20. He says this, the Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. Now, it, it, again, I look at first phrase and second phrase. First phrase, he's protecting the person that loves him. Second phrase, he's attacking the person who doesn't. I wouldn't want to be on that side of the fence. All right. So again, we've got a great God. This year's theme is God is great. I hope every day of your life you just praise God for how good he is. The songs tonight, both congregational as well as the specials tonight, you know what that was? It was just praising the Lord. And we do have a wonderful God. But David spells it out. David in the psalm here, he says, I just want to tell you why, you th why, why we got a great God. we got a great God because he's good to all. We got a, we've got a, we got a great God because he upholdeth all. We've got a great God because he's nigh to all. We've got a great God because he preserveth all. We do have a great God. And, and as David said, there's no way to describe how good he is. But in, in these, just this one chapter, it's just another reminder how good God is to us. We've got a great God. You know, today people's pipes froze and not here as well as other places, I'm sure. And, um, you know, people's vehicles don't start. You know, you've got all these different things going on. But there's one thing for sure. We've got a great God. Don't allow life to cloud your vision about how good God is to you. Amen. And every day of your life, you ought to thank God for how good he is. And if you have a hard time thinking about, you know, why during your hard times, why God's so good, go back and read Psalm 145 and think about how good he is and think about how he's nigh and think how he upholds and think how he's protected you and preserved you. Because you know what? He is a great God. And 2021 is no exception to any other year. He's always been great and he'll always be great. And one day we're going to be with our great God. And we'll be with him forever. But until then, may we do what David did. What did David say? I will, I will, I will, I will. He said, I will extol him. I will bless his name. I will praise him. I will speak of his glorious honor. I will declare his greatness. And then he finishes the chapter in verse number 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Hey, listen, young people. You ought to be in a habit of praising God. Yes, thank your mom and dad. Yes, thank your school teacher. Thank those who've influenced your life. But you ought to be thanking God on a regular basis. Thank you for letting me grow up in a Christian home. Thank you for letting me get a Christian education. Thank you for the mom and dad that you gave me. You ought to be thanking God because it's God who's great, who's been good to you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?